this morning. We'll be going over some of the, the history of the Bible. Uh, well, more than that, more specifically the history of our universe, uh, which God created, um, and then a battle that has been raging between uh, the legions of good and evil uh, over the course of time. <clears throat> this is more of a prelude uh, introduction to what we'll be covering the next few times I get to preach here uh, regarding how we fight our battles. Uh, but first, I just want to set the stage uh, and remind us of what the battle is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, and over all the earth and everything that creeps upon the earth. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You shall surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast in the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, so I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock, and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. And he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. In this shortened account of the first three chapters of Genesis, we read that God, the creator of the universe, entrusted the earth and his creation to man, who was created in his likeness. Mankind was given dominion over the earth to rule and to steward it under God's authority. But Adam, who was deceived into sin against God, gave up control of this world to the deceiver, Satan, who is described in Ephesians 2 as being the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. But all is not lost, for God promises victory through the offspring of Eve over the offspring of the serpent. This is the first prophecy of the Messiah, the one who will bring deliverance from mankind's captivity to sin and receive rulership of the world to come. This prophecy is among over 300 that were fulfilled by Jesus, which proved the authority of scripture 
and Jesus claims to be our Savior. It also sets the stage for a battle between good and evil that lasts for millennia. An account of the spiritual battle is recorded in chapter 12 of the book of Revelation, which we'll read today. Beginning in verse 1, it says that a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great red dragon, with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to, her throne, to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God, in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Then verse 7, Now a war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they did not love their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of the great eagle, so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness, to the place where she is to be nourished for a time, and times, and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman, to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. The book of Revelation records a vision, and as such is filled with a lot of symbolism. While I don't claim to understand all of it, there are many in this chapter that relate to the state of the world. For example, the description of the sun, moon, and 12 stars on the woman is similar to Joseph's dream in Genesis 37.9. There, the sun, moon, and 11 stars refer to the nations, to the house of Israel, aside from Joseph, and in Revelation, we can assume the same. This is further supported by the fact that in verse 5, the woman gives birth to a male child who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. This same language refers to Jesus, who out of the house of Israel is described in Psalm 2, 9 and Revelation 19, 15 as ruling with a rod of iron. Satan, the great dragon, sought to devour Jesus, to prevent his own defeat, first by temptation in the wilderness, and later by death 
through the betrayal of Judas. But Jesus, though tempted in every way that Adam was, that we are, remained sinless. And the very death that Satan planned for evil, God used for good. In the moment that Satan thought he had the victory, God played what the kids today would call a pro-gamer move. He turned the tables on him, which is written of in Revelation 10, 12, 10 through 12. I heard a great voice in heaven saying, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. But they did not love their lives even to death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, for he knows that his time is short. I have six siblings, and we are all pretty fond of board games. When we were young, however, we did not play nicely together. In a game like Risk or Monopoly, it is very hard to come back from a losing position. And you can often tell within the first hour who is going to win, even if the game stretches for another three or four. If I had the slightest feeling that I might not win, I didn't want to play anymore. I might quit or cheaply sell my properties to another sibling just to spite the one who was in first place. Some of my brothers had a more violent reaction and might literally flip the table to cut the game short if they were losing. With the winning move of Christ's death and resurrection, Satan's defeat is assured, and he knows it. And because he can't have his prize, like the sorest of losers, he wants nothing more than to ruin as many lives as he can in his remaining time. The last few verses of Revelation 12 include a warning. For the devil has come in great wrath, knowing that his time is short. He seeks to destroy the woman, the house of Israel, and the rest of her offspring, which are those of us who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. While the outcome is decided, it is just a matter of maneuvering a more preferable end. Although the victory is won, the battle is far from over. For until the Lord returns, the enemy still rules this world, as Paul cautions in Ephesians 6. Beginning in verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all power, prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, 
that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. If I could summarize some of our previous lessons, we know that life is found in Christ alone, and that those of us who have accepted his free gift of salvation have been called out of our previous lives, out of our patterns of sinful behavior, to live after the example of our Savior. We have been given the teaching of the scriptures, the power of the Holy Spirit, and access to the Father through prayer to equip us for the work for which we have been called. This purpose is to share the good news of salvation we have received and to serve as laborers in the Lord's harvest and lead as many souls to Christ as we can in the time remaining. If Satan wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy by way of temptation or oppression, as many as he can in the short time remaining before he is cast forever into the pit, our calling as servants of Christ is to counter him in every way to conquer, even as we read in Revelation 12.10, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, for we do not love our lives even unto death. We will go a little more into detail in these battle strategies in the future, but I wanted to leave you with one more thing as we're talking about the endgame. Do not be deceived. Our enemy is known as a liar and the father of lies. He lied in the garden to begin this whole thing, and many will be led astray in the last days. His first lie, as we read in Genesis 3.1, did God really say that? For believers especially, whose desire is to follow God, we can be deceived with the best intentions because of the simple fact that many of us don't know what God really said. We hear a message on Sunday and think that what the pastor said is God's word. I challenge you this week and every week to study the Bible for yourselves, to test my words, for I am capable of error, against God's word, and not to be led astray by something that sounds inspirational but has no substance or support in Scripture. Read the Bible, study it, understand it, and test everything that you see and hear against it. As Psalm 119, 97 through 104 says, Oh, how I love your law! It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding, and therefore I hate every false way. Let us pray. Father God, we know that yours is the victory. That through the power of your Son, through his death on the cross for our sins, and through his victory over death and his bodily resurrection, we know that you have conquered the enemy that you have sentenced him to defeat, Lord, for you are the authority beyond all authorities, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Lord, though we blow it at times through our mistakes, through our sin, through our chasing after the evil ways of this world, before we came to Christ, we know that you have created us anew, that you have taken our heart of stone and given us a heart of flesh, that you have hidden your words in our heart, 
and written the knowledge of eternity in our minds that we would not sin against you. Lord, give us a delight, as your word says, to read and to understand your word, to draw close to you in prayer and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would not be led astray by false teaching, by misled doctrine, by temptation and the desires of this world, Lord, but that we would stand strong in your truth, that the word of the Lord would be our sword to rightly define truth from lie, falsehood from reality, and Satan's deceit from your truth. Help us to be clothed entirely in your armor, to be ready to stand in this evil day. Lord, we know that Satan rages in the end times, which we are, that every moment we stay, remain here on this earth, he seeks to devour what he can, for he knows that his time is short. Lord, help us withstand him in your strength, not our own, but that we can stand in the strength of your might. Lord, as we go throughout our weeks, throughout our months, throughout our years, throughout whatever time we have left on this earth, we know the stakes that are here, that the consequences are real for our choices, that every moment that we have is a gift from God and a calling on our lives to reach the lost, to stand firm on our own and our stand firm ourselves in your strength, according to your word, and to draw others alongside us in this battle that we face. But Lord, looking ever onward towards the hope that we have in you, that it is guaranteed that you will return that the victory is already won, and that we have victory in Christ. We thank you and praise you in your son's name. Amen.